Are we really doing this? We're doing it. Ah! Welcome to the Mom Tales and Cocktails podcast. I'm Shelby Lobitz, the fitness and nutrition coach for moms and soon-to-be moms, mom of three, and twin mom. My passion is helping women learn to strengthen their bodies and mind for pregnancy, postpartum, and beyond. And I'm Erin Patel, mom of two toddler boys. I work in aerospace and defense doing digital transformation and supply chain strategy, so data is in my DNA. I'm always looking for research-backed solutions to better myself as a mom and as an individual, and I love helping other moms do the same. We're here to give you the tough love, the real and raw truths on motherhood and how to do it all without losing yourself along the way. So sit back with your cocktail or mocktail and get ready to transform your mind, body, and life. Hello, beautiful moms. I feel like I always say that I'm so excited about every episode because they are just all so good. But today I'm extra excited because this is something that so many pregnant and postpartum women should be doing and working on, but there's honestly just not enough knowledge surrounding this out there and even with your doctors providing you knowledge on this. So we're here to change that today. So today we have Amanda and Becca from Breath Life PT here to talk about pelvic floor therapy and how it can help prior to pregnancy, during pregnancy, and postpartum. But before we dive in, what are we all drinking tonight? All right, I will kickstart. I'm going with a Chenin Blanc tonight. Huh. Usually Pinot Grige is my go-to in the summer. I've been big on the red wine, but I'm super tired. So I'm switching up with a Chenin Blanc. Nothing to cry home about. It's actually Boda Box, but it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> what about you guys? Um, I have a lovely uh, Merlot from Camus and always delicious. Nice I just food, went to Camus over the summer and oh, to die oh. for Jealous. I, we actually just saw friends um, on Tuesday night and we had one bottle um, of Camus shipped home. It was a cab and oh, I like savored every single sip of that <laughs> bottle. It's so tasty. It's so smooth for red wine. So, oh. oh my gosh. So good. Boiled by it. <laughs> <laughs> I have what my family has coined a Catalina wine mixer. Um <laughs> It's basically just white wine with, usually we use high noons, but I didn't have any high noons. So I just went with like a regular spin drift, um, but it's quite refreshing. Um, But yeah, a little white wine, a little bit of seltzer. I love that. that. Yeah. We were wanting to do the shampoo. Shampoo. Oh, yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. The shampoo. Yeah. I sent that to my sisters when I saw it. I was like, ah, (laughs) I like just heard about when we had girls night the other night, our friend Jackie was like, have you ever heard of this? I was like, how could I have not heard of this? But I'm so into it. I know. I'm, yeah, I'm with the, um, I'm on the, I'm on the Boda box tonight, but <laughs> I do have, I do have a red. It's a Malbec and it's, mm. it is good for the Boda box is, it's pretty good. That is good. I like that one. <laughs> um. Okay. So. I have to be completely honest that um, I do always encourage a lot of my clients to see a pelvic floor 
to see a therapist, but I myself have never been. I was like a goal of mine, but um, with my certification through um, pregnancy and postnatal coaching, I was able to work on different breathing techniques, exercises during pregnancy and during like the really early weeks postpartum. Um, so that definitely helped me a lot. And I, it, I felt prepared like through pregnancy going into postpartum and felt really good about that. Though I did when I went to my like six week appointment, I, I honestly like, no one had ever really talked about it to me. Um, so I didn't know anyone like in the area of where to go. And I had asked um, my doctor for a recommendation and they were like, so excited and so happy that I was like, just asking about it because so many people don't know about it. Um, so I'm just like very excited to talk more about it. But you never got to go, right, Shelby? I never went. Mm-mm. Okay. So you had the idea, which is half yes. the battle. Most <laughs> of the um, especially when we do go to our, our doctors and, you know, not many a times, at least from our perspective, do we get to see, um, you know, people who are directly sent by their doctors. It's usually somebody who's advocating for themselves like yourself. And then life goes on and then it's like, oh, my kids are now six and 12 and I'm finally coming. And that's fine, too. We welcome it whenever it happens. So I have had like back-to-back pregnancies with my first son. I never even heard the words pelvic floor before. Mm-hmm. Like that was a completely new term for me, That which is a little bit scary. Like that's part of my anatomy and I have no idea what it is. I still don't really know what it is. So I like, I do want to definitely define that a little bit better. Um, but it wasn't until I think Shelby might've, it must have been Shelby that said something to me. And our second pregnancies, um, our kids were born six weeks apart. So the only reason why I even thought to ask about it was because she like put it in my head. And again, the feedback was great. Oh, it's amazing. You should definitely see a pelvic floor therapist. And I was like, okay, where? Like, how do I find one? <laughs> and I think they said like, oh, Virtua is a great one to go to, but that's where my kids were born. So I, I don't know if they're like the affiliation or whatever. Um, and again, same thing. It's like the finding the time and then like the work to find the right one. And so I never ended up going either. And I was a little like disappointed in myself because I wanted to learn more about it. I wanted to, you know, improve my health. Um, so I'm like so eager to hear everything you guys have to say today. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think like Dr. Amanda mentioned, like we, most of our clients that come in are not direct re- referrals from like an OBGYN, but a lot of from the mom groups on Facebook, the different um, boot camp classes that people are going to are just friends or family. And most people have the same exact kind of similar stories of like, I didn't even know what this was, or no one ever talked to me about it before. And honestly, sometimes the OBGYNs don't really know what pelvic floor therapists do or what role we can be involved. So I think sometimes that's why they don't, you know, necessarily 
refer quite as much. Um, we could talk hours about that, but oh, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know, we a lot of the women that come into our practice, um, you know, have really advocated for themselves. Like, you know, talked to their friends or family, went on the Facebook groups, and somehow found us and ended up in our doors. Um, so we're just really grateful that you guys are helping to kind of spread the word out there because that's exactly how people do hear about us is through, you know, word of mouth and, you know, just the girlfriends kind of like sharing all the knowledge. So exactly. somebody's got to have that knowledge first. Yes. To start sharing. <laughs> For sure. So For before sure. we like dive into the content, can you guys each take a little bit of time to introduce yourself, what your specialty is, what your role is at the practice? So I'm Dr. Amanda Heritage. I'm the owner and founder of Breathe Life Physical Therapy and Wellness. And uh, we've been in business now since 2018. And that journey to get to where I am was going through the medical system as a traditional PT who was seeing everybody from knee replacements and hip replacements to shoulder injuries or some of our older clients with balance related issues, like loved every moment of, of that part. But I have a background in dance. I was a dancer when I was younger. And when I could no longer dance and life didn't permit me to dance, um, you know, in a semi-professional sense, I got into Pilates. So I have a Pilates certification as a background. And in that, we started talking tons and tons and tons about like breath work and core and pelvic floor and Long story short, I said this to my my mentor, who was my professor in grad school, and she said, oh, my gosh, you'd love pelvic therapy. And then it was called, you know, women's health, um, even though men have pelvises. It's not generic at all. <laughs> but it's not, you know, um, it's more so now known as pelvic health. But now there's these subsets of, of women's specific health, prenatal, postpartum, men, kiddos so on and so forth. So she said, why don't you do a pelvic health clinical and see what that's like? And I almost passed out the first day because I never saw somebody else's vulva in my life. Um, Even the word, I'm so immature. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that was quite an interesting day. But then after my first clinical, I loved every single minute of it because you could see the freedom and the joy that came back to people after coming to pelvic therapy for everything from pubic girdle pain during pregnancy, um, fertility related surgeries, endometriosis. I remember one woman who couldn't be intimate anymore after having a hysterectomy and within three weeks she could. And it was just so freeing for people. And then in my own personal journey, going through some fertility treatment, um, I remember just sitting there going, we need to do so much more for women and women's health. And I was like, I just left the office one day and I came home and I said to my husband, I was like, hey, Dave, I was like, I think it's really happening. Like, we're just going to do it. And then that's how Breathe Life was born. And then I'm so grateful to Becca, who took a huge risk and um, lots of faith and joined me then like two years later. And she's been with our practice ever since, too. So that's awesome. Yeah. I had the very traditional you know, kind of story. I swam growing up, had my own sports injuries, went to PT myself, got interested in it, became a PT, was working in more of like a traditional sports kind of orthopedic setting. Um, But then there were every now and then we'd have, you know, a pregnant person coming in with like hip pain or back pain. And 
our front desk would be trying to schedule this person. And I don't know, the minute you say someone's pregnant, like half the people are like, oh my God, I don't know what to do with this person. So I was like, I mean, they're a person, they're just (laughs) growing another person. So I was like, I'll see them. Um, So, you know, word kind of spread from there. And anytime any like pregnant people would be calling in, they would just get put on my schedule. So I started kind of just diving more into that world a little bit and taking more kind of continuing education classes. Um, At that point, I wasn't, you know, trained in like the pelvic floor internal assessment kind of stuff yet, but I knew enough to be dangerous and was collaborating with different pelvic therapists um, and what I was able to do too. But, you know, it just always felt like there was that missing piece. Like I wasn't able to kind of see the full picture. So I was like, oh, what the heck? I'll I'll take the class because I wasn't sure. I knew I liked working with like prenatal and postpartum people, but I wasn't sure if I was going to, you know, the pelvic floor can be kind of scary sometimes um, with different things. So I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about it, but I took the course, started seeing more pelvic clients. Um, and I was like, no, I love this. This is, this is what I want to do. So, you know, found Dr. Amanda. She was gracious enough to kind of welcome me into the practice. So, um, and here we are. That's so cool. Yeah. You'll find that there's a really, if you talk to any pelvic therapist, we have a high passion level for like pelvic floors, pelvic floors, cores. And we're one of those like TMI people. Like you can't not tell us enough about like your pee, your poop, your sex life. How was your period this month? Like, and, and it's odd because we all have no problem talking about it with each other either. So we're very personal, but also very professional and, and warm and passionate about what we all do. So um, at least I'll speak for just us, but most pelvic therapists are, are that way. So even if you're not in the South, like you have area, to be just like the, the minimal knowledge that I know, like you want to, if you don't have all the facts and you don't have all the TMI, you can't do your job effectively. True. True. I always say when, when clients are sitting in our office and they like preface something with this might be TMI, but I'm like, this is going to be like a really golden nugget of information that's going to be <laughs> really helpful for us. So, and I always say there's no such thing as TMI because there is not. I was like, nothing shocks me anymore. Nothing surprises me. I had one client. She's like, I love that I could just sit here and tell you that I like pooped my pants the other day. And you'd be like, okay. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, yeah, that happens. You know, sometimes to poop her pants, but that's why we're here. So exactly. yes, the TMI moments are usually uh, really helpful from our standpoint of, of diving into, you know, kind of holistically what's going on. Um, and imagine the joy of finding out that that person didn't ever poop their pants again. Like that's, yes. like, <laughs> and that's like sounds ridiculous to say, but like, that's, that's like a really personal thing that you don't want yes. to really share with the outside world. So yes. yeah, that's a big win. Yes, mm-hmm. we celebrate a lot of really strange wins in our we home, do. but we do. <laughs> we that's the question I want to ask later in the episode of like, I want to hear what your like favorite wins are, but so I'll, I'll plant the seeds so you guys can yeah. get the wheels turning, but we'll talk about that later. Um, love it. I love this conversation already. Um, but now that we know more about you and what got you both started in this. Um, we want to dive into not only how working on your pelvic floor can help you pre-pregnancy, during pregnancy, postpartum, but also what it is and just getting like 
really deep into everything. So to start it off, can you tell us a little bit more about exactly what the pelvic floor is? Like, where is it located? What does it do? Um, Does everyone have a pelvic floor? Yeah, really great question. So if you think about the pelvic floor, I'll just keep it super simple. It's the bottom of your core. When we think of our core, we think six pack and we think abdominals and crunches and everything. But really our core is more of like an internal corset that holds us up all day, helps us stay upright. It helps us breathe. Um, It helps move our blood flow from the bottom of our legs back up to our heart. It helps our intestines move all the food and everything. So it really is a piece of the core. And when we talk about the core, the core is made up, if you think of the top as the diaphragm, which is your breathing muscle, then you have your uh, transversus abdominis, if you want to get real nerdy, um, that wraps around the belly from the back to the front. And then you have the bottom part, which is your pelvic floor. So it kind of makes... And your belly button is like below the belly button or like in the belly button range? So the pelvic floor specifically? Yeah. When you say lower abdomen or lower. Yeah. So it's like the lower part. So really, if you're sitting and listening to this, if you in your mind's eye trace from your pubic bone, that really firm bone in the back to your sits bones, those two little nubby um, parts that you're sitting on the sitting bones to your tailbone, that's where your pelvic floor lives. So it's from the front of your pubic bone to the back of your tailbone and then kind of like side to side. So I call it a girl's best friend diamond because if you trace all those points. It's a good okay. diamond shape. Um, some people will call it the floor. It's kind of look like a, a bowl. It's like, a bowl. yeah, if you imagine. It's like, like when a guy gets a hernia, is it like the same concept, like that meshness or completely different? No, different. That hernia? That's like okay. more like your groin, like where your, your undies like and like your pants would crease there. Okay. But this is like legit in. I mean, we're going to get a little graphic, like where you put like a pad or a panty liner under like inside that area that's where your pelvic floor lives so it lives behind your labia even like it's like in that direction any other thoughts becca well no like i can't picture it. like where your uterus is and then like where it's like underneath so of it if you think under of your, your, yeah yeah okay. if you think of your pelvis as a, like a bowl where like your hip bones are kind of at the top and then you know there's perineum vagina anal opening down at the bottom um so the like the the bowl or the walls of the pelvis are your actual like pelvic bones the pelvic floor is a group of muscles that kind of are the bottom part of that bowl kind of connecting the two sides so it's literally what's holding up all of our organs inside of us like if if our pelvic floor muscles weren't there it would just be open obviously we have our urethral opening our vaginal opening and our rectal um, anal opening that all go through like the pelvic floor muscles but all of that the the literal bottom kind of bowl wow, okay. is the pelvic floor muscles it's a it's a group of multiple muscles so that's where i think the term pelvic floor comes from because that's what's holding everything up above wow. Okay, yeah. that was a very helpful explanation, and right. <laughs> the way you're moving your hands. I know yeah, that I was trying to create can't a see it, but I'm, I'm getting the picture. I'm a visual learner, so that's helpful. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So a group and of muscles, not just one I... singular muscle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, think the, I like the corset explanation too. I think that mm-hmm. that's a good. Mm-hmm. Now having with different perspective, yeah. that's a good graphic. Yeah. yeah. 
Like when you think of your abs or, you know, like your abs are also made up of multiple different muscle groups. Your quads are made up of like four different muscles, hence the name quad. So same thing, pelvic floor. What are, I can't remember if it's like 14 or 15 muscles that actually yeah. make up the pelvic floor. So it's quite a, uh, extensive and intricate and amazing, which is why we're yeah. so passionate about it. But like Amanda was kind of saying, there's, you know, kind of different roles, different functions. I think a lot of people know it in terms of, it's what, you know, kind of provides that like sphincteric kind of control of keeping in poop, pee, gas when we're not trying to have those things exit our bodies, mm-hmm. uh, but then allowing poop, pee, gas, vaginal birth, vaginal penetration, that sort of thing. Um, but it, it does play a big role in the support and the stability of our core um, that like kind of blood flow. Um, it helps to pump like blood flow back up to our heart. Um, and obviously sexual function as far as, you know, the pelvis houses all of our like reproductive organs um, and all of that. So it it does a lot of different things. Um, and that's why we have so many different muscles because it does a lot of different functions. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it lives. I think the cool part that we always love to share with people too, is that it lives with other systems. Like if we talk about another group of muscles in the body that many people know as a group, if you think of your rotator cuff muscles, that's a group of four muscles that hold your shoulder bone in your shoulder socket. You know, they live with like other bones and joints and there's some blood flow that's around it. But the pelvic floor is muscles, bones, and joints. And then they're surrounded by, as Becca was saying, like, our organs. So like the bladder, the uterus, the rectum are there. There's also a ton of nerves in the area. There's a ton of blood flow in the area. So it, it, and there's a ton of, and just our vulva in itself, that is like the, the beautiful doors to the opening of the vagina and the pelvic muscle that in itself is hormonally mediated. So things like going through pregnancy, fertility treatment, menopause, that can also affect the pelvic floor muscles because they have just such an intricate little system going on. So I think that's what always makes me so excited to work in the pelvic floor because it's not just the muscles, but it like lives there with other parts of relationships are like super important exactly okay you know we all think oh you hear pelvic therapy and you're like someone's gonna tell me to do some kegels and it's like "Mm." that was on my list of questions yeah it's not always that's the only thing i've ever heard of like boring (laughs) like that is that the only thing you can do to like strengthen Mm -hmm. it up or get the blood flowing Yeah. A Kegel is just like a voluntary isolated contraction of the pelvic floor muscles. It's, there was a German doctor, Dr. Kegel, who decided to name a muscle contraction after himself. So that's where the term like Kegel comes from. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you think about the pelvic floor and how it actually functions with our like day-to-day kind of life and living, similar to like, you know, our abdominal muscles, they are kind of active all day long supporting us. Um, And depending on what we're doing, those muscles need to either kind of like dial it up a little bit or dial it down. Mm -hmm. So if we go to sneeze, if we don't want to pee ourselves when we sneeze, our pelvic floor should reflexively kind of dial up a little bit, but we shouldn't have to think about like, oh, what is my pelvic floor doing this? Or same thing, if we go to pick up our 40 pound toddler, our core and our pelvic floor muscles should kind of 
dial up a little bit to provide enough support for us to be able to do that action. But we shouldn't have to think about what is my public floor doing in this situation? We want it to be able to kind of respond and be dynamic. Um, sometimes there are things that happen that hinder that process. And that's where we come in of kind of figuring out, you know, within the whole system, like what is limiting the pelvic floor. And it's not always the pelvic floor muscles themselves. Um, so that's where, you know, we kind of really do a holistic kind of evaluation um, in that regard. But doing a Kegel, you know, there's something to be said for being able to have just the voluntary awareness and coordination of of what a Kegel is, but it's only going to take you so far. Um, and they're boring. <laughs> So we do a lot of like fun, different things in pelvic therapy that help that to train that pelvic floor to be a little more reflexive, be a little more dynamic so that, you know, you don't have to constantly be like, oh, okay, I'm about to sneeze. Like, let me make sure I cross my legs and like, you know, like, don't like, you know, yeah, pee Mm -hmm. myself a little bit. So. um, Okay. So I want to put a question in the parking lot just in case we have time because I know that we're probably going to talk about a weak pelvic floor and the implications of that. But again, not answering now, but can a pelvic floor be too strong that it would like not dial it down when it needs to? Absolutely. You should be a pelvic floor therapist. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like every time we have somebody on, I'm like, this yeah. could be my new career path. That's a great question. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's like your hand. Like I explain the pelvic floor function like your hand. You just like. Dr. Becca was saying, we, it has to dial up, it has to dial down, it has to have finesse, or I'll say it has to be strong, but supple, just like your hand. When you go to like reach for your wine glass, you're not going to hulk, you know, green goblin hand there. You're not going to do that. You're totally going to like, you know, delicately pick up your wine glass. But if you were going to like grab your dog before it runs into the street you're gonna like really use a strong hand and that's the that's the dynamicness of what the pelvic floor does so sometimes when the pelvic floor is responding too much for activities like intimacy or giving birth or even just having a gynecological exam those muscles are to poop exactly oh my gosh now that we all had so much cheese or was that just me for christmas i don't know but um but to be able to release the pelvic floor, to have pain-free in, like intercourse, to even have a good orgasm. There's some people who can have enjoyable vaginal penetration with their partner, themselves, toy, whatever it might be, but they're having trouble having an orgasm. And that's most of the time because the pelvic floor is actually too strong or too tense um, and maybe not even really strong. So that's that a therapy that, that you can treat. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I mean, you're not too far off with some of like our, the topic of what we're going to talk about. That's when we're talking about pelvic floor therapy from like a pregnancy standpoint and birth prep. Mm -hmm. If you have a vaginal birth, you know, the pelvic floor muscles need to, they can stretch up to 250 times of their normal resting length, which is an incredible amount of stretch. Any other muscle in the body would fully like rupture at that amount of stretch, but there's lots of different hormonal kind of components that's protective to that. So if your pelvic floor is very tight or tense and doesn't lengthen very well, that can be something that can be, you know, a little problematic for the birthing process. So that's oftentimes what we're working on um, with some of our clients with the birth prep is 
connecting the breath with the pelvic floor, how to lengthen your pelvic floor so that it can get out of the way for when you're birthing because your pelvic floor doesn't push your baby out. Your uterus does. The pelvic floor just needs to lengthen and move out of the way. And if part of that is, are we able to kind of coordinate that lengthening at the appropriate time? And so if people are having trouble with that, um, that can be something that can lead to more kind of challenging birth or longer time spent like pushing too. So, Wow. That's so interesting. Cause I feel like the conversation is always towards the other side. So yeah, I mean, yeah it's yeah, a funny that. myth that's kind of out there, but yeah. we need to have both. That's why, you know, I say like, you need to have strong yet supple. Like we have to have that amazing dynamic of pelvic floor. And I'm everyone does have a pelvic floor. So much. Too. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody and does. Okay. Everybody has yes. a pelvic floor. Okay. Everyone does. Yeah. So that's a great so, question. Yeah. I know you kind of talked a little bit about what you do, but can you go in more depth about like exactly what the process kind of looks like with clients? And I know when we were talking back and forth a little bit, you said you don't necessarily have to have like a quote unquote problem to come to you. So can you chat a little bit more about that? Yeah. So I Pelvic therapy is, like we said, for anyone who has a pelvis, which is pretty much everyone, um, I think um, most of our clientele, we see a lot of pregnancy and postpartum clients, um, but pretty much anything that has to do with your bowels, your bladder and sex, um, your menstrual cycles, your like hormonal kind of health, um, as far as from like getting your period all the way up through menopause and some of the changes associated with that. Um, That's a lot of, you know, pelvic pain, endometriosis, PCOS, kind of sometimes those things, constipation will work with people for, um, but yeah, anything like poop pee, sex related, (laughs) um, anything within the pelvis, hip pain, back pain, these are all like interrelated with pelvic therapy. So pelvic therapy really encompasses a lot of things. I will say a lot of people find us because they're pregnant or postpartum and are like hearing um, that pelvic therapy is something that um, can be done. Um, And a lot of people are coming to us because of problems, like maybe they're having some pain, pelvic pain during their pregnancy. Maybe they're leaking urine during their pregnancy or after they've had a baby that they're leaking as they're getting back into exercise Um, or maybe they're just trying to kind of re-strengthen their pelvic floor and their core kind of after having a baby. Um, but you, you know, like you don't have to have a problem. I think too, we get a lot of clients who are coming in that are just curious about some of the questions that you're having of like, I don't really know what my pelvic floor is. I don't know what it does. I just want to make sure that like, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, getting married and we're going to want to be starting a family. I want to make sure that like, you know, I'm, I'm healthy and I'm setting myself up for, for that. Um, so, and even during a pregnancy or postpartum, your body goes through so, so, so many changes from your overall anatomy, the shape of your pelvis, your abdominal stretch so much, your posture changes, your center of gravity, your balance, your whole muscular system changes and how your body kind of response to that. 
So there's so much that we can be involved in and just making sure that like, as you're kind of progressing through those changes, that you're still comfortable, able to move well, able to do the things that you want to do, and also just prepare your body for birth. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of what we do too also helps kind of set you up for the postpartum healing. Um, A lot of our clients that are with us during their pregnancy and keeping up, you know, they're able to keep up with their workout routines and their exercises because they're feeling pretty good. They're not leaking. They're not having pelvic pain, um, have a much easier time kind of healing postpartum too, because they've set the, you know, kind of themselves up in the best place for that. So, and then even after having a baby, you know, you're like we said, your pelvis goes through so much of a stretch. You can think of it as like a sprain or strain to the pelvic muscles and the pelvic ligaments of how much they're stretched out. If you sprain your ankle, you automatically get a referral to pelvic therapy because you need to re kind of strengthen those muscles, stabilize the joint again. Um, Even if you have a cesarean birth, if you have any other surgery, you're seeing PT before you are even clear to leave the hospital. If you have like a knee replacement or a hip replacement or anything like that. So even if you're not having like, I'm not peeing my pants, I'm not, you know, leaking, I don't have a diastasis or a prolapse. There's so many changes that your body goes through that um, we just kind of facilitate the natural kind of healing and recovery process from that. So, so that's like one. the part of the therapy, like what is the exam? Like, is there like an internal exam or is it just like all question-based, physical-based, like do you guys like get in there with the microscope? <laughs> like, there's like something like a, a oh, like me not knowing what a pelvic floor was. Like, I used to do CrossFit like way before I was even considering kids, whatever. And every time we would do like double unders, like you know, double uh-huh. jump ropes, I would pee my pants. <laughs> but like, I would, as far as I knew, I was in good pelvic health. But like now, I'm like replaying things like of my youth, and I'm like, hmm, like I was a gymnast. And like floor routines, like I like that pounding, 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 pounding. Like, would that have been a good sign to go like see somebody? And then like, what, I guess like, is it, yeah, just what does the assessment look like? Yeah. So the assessment, I'll speak for Brave Life because as we're learning about other therapists, whether it's in the area or just nationwide, everybody kind of does it differently. Obviously, we work with our clients. So on the table at all times, there's how do we, how does your back, your belly, your breath, how does all that move together? How does it function? Is it painful? Is the range of motion full? Is it limited? That's always kind of on the table. But then another part that's always on the table is do you want to do an internal pelvic floor muscle examination? And that's not something everyone's comfortable with. I think a lot of people go into their first appointment with us and think that there's going to be dare-ups like at the gynecologist's office and we're going to be in there for two seconds and be out and walk out and weirdly give you a robe or something like that. Like, it's not like that at all. So again, I'll speak for breathe life. But for us, that internal examination is when you feel comfortable. Sometimes we have to date a little bit and that's totally fine. We're never (laughs) offended. Um, But it really provides additional information to see how that whole full core is working together. So yeah, we do. So there's something visually that you can detect. Absolutely. Even if we don't do an internal examination first, we do look externally. Believe it or not, your vulva, the outside of your opening of the vagina has posture to it. 
she's got an attitude. She's got ways that she looks and ways that she functions that we're looking for with simple things like, what does it look like when you clear your throat or cough? Or what does it look like down there when we ask you to do a Kegel or to relax? We're looking for certain things. We're looking for what your skin looks like. Just like if you went to the dermatologist, they're like, oh, there's a little mold, there's a little uh, white patch or a red patch. We're looking for what your skin even looks like because that tells us the information of what the health of your hormones and the pH of your, your vulva is. And then we I'm like always so curious now I want answers. <laughs> I know. Well, come on in, girl. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have, have to know. Gloves on, gloves yeah. totally the entire time. Like it is medical, but I had one client who said one time she's like, this is the most therapeutic touch I've ever experienced. She's like, it's not cold and medical, even though you're wearing gloves. She's like, but it's also not like weirdly sexual or too <laughs> intimate that like it's weirding me out. She's like, it's just this very therapeutic touch that feels so caring. And then when we do an internal examination, when someone feels comfortable, we obviously use lube whatever lube we've got in the office, we've got different kinds for different people and different, you know, anybody's got allergies, we've got certain kinds for different things. And, you know, we'll do one finger vaginally and we'll gently feel what do those muscles feel like throughout the opening of the pelvic floor. And then we'll go a little bit deeper and we'll feel what does the depth of those deeper pelvic floor muscles feel. So even if you look at your finger right now, here's a little secret for what we do. That first knuckle of your finger is as deep as the first layer of your pelvic floor muscles are. Wow. It's like right there. She is right there hiding under your labia. And then if you go all the way to the knuckle closest to your hand, that's as deep as the deep pelvic floor muscles are. So then we go way back through the vaginal canal and find deep muscles that help to hold your sacrum together, your pelvis, your hips that rotate the hips and everything. So that's just kind of a way to wrap your mind around of like what we're, we're looking for there. And we're usually not there. Would you say Becca, like how gynecologists are like, their five second internal examination. Like we're there, we're talking to you. We're, we're asking you. It's a two way street. You know, that's kind of where my question was coming from. It's like, why is this the, like, why was my second birth and talking with Shelby after taking her class? Was that the first time I'm hearing about this? Like, why wouldn't that be a discussion? And again, I love my gynecologist. I absolutely love my OBs. Absolutely. I love the practice that I went to. It's just, it's surprising to me that that wouldn't be a point of conversation when I was like 24 and peeing my pants doing jump rope, you know, like if that would have come up. Like, I just feel like it's not, is it up and coming? Is that, do you think that's going to be part of exams? But again, sorry, Shelby, I know that I'm like, going more into the questions, but um, there's yeah, just I like, th- it's surprising to me. Yeah. Well, and I think our training is very different too. Like the OBGYNs, there's so much that they are looking for, right? Just health of mom, health of baby, like the really, really important things when we're talking about pregnancy and birth and all of that. Um, so I think part of it is they don't always have the time to cover like everything else on the list of like all the things that are involved. Um, But that's exactly why we can and should be involved to kind of cover those other topics, uh, specifically the pelvic floor. 
I also, you know, from what we've heard from speaking with different kind of gynecologists, urogynecologists, um, pelvic health professionals is they're not trained in the pelvic floor muscles specifically the way that we are. Um, we know specifically exactly which muscle we're feeling based on kind of where we're touching within the pelvis. Um, whereas from my understanding and their training, they don't go that deep into, into that. So, um, and I think part of it is because they have to know so much about so everything else. It's just fair. one person totally can cover all of that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think part of it is like, that should be part of like sex ed though, to be like, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think part of it is they're just not trained on it in the same way. Um, but that's even more reason why, you know, we can be involved in pregnancy and and women's healthcare. Um, you know, I've had clients leave and say like, this is the most I've learned about my body in the 35 years that I've been alive. (laughs) That's really empowering too, you know, for, for women. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's similar to like me too with like working out and nutrition that the, you know, our doctors just like aren't trained enough in those areas that they right. are not giving enough information or even some misinformation or, you know, so that can, that's like, that's frustrating to me too that, you know, there's not enough when it comes to working out and like nutrition um, Mm -hmm. during pregnancy and postpartum too. But for that whole collective, like mindset needs to come in of like, it's okay to refer to other providers. And I think that that's really where we try to create a holistic team for people. You know, you're coming to see us for your pelvic health, but if we think you need to be a nutritionist or a fitness coach, we want you to see that and or do we think you need to see a colorectal specialist because maybe there's some bowel related issues or hemorrhoids we want you to see that person too because it really it take it like people say it takes a village to raise children well it, it takes a, a strong group of women to raise and to support and love on other women and that's what needs to be to be done all of that yeah you know, like you had mentioned, like, yeah, I was a, a gymnast. And when I do my double honors and my CrossFit or even going through a pregnancy, so much of like the experiences that people have as far as leakage or prolapse or pain with sex or pelvic pain um, gets written off as like, yep, that's normal. That's just mm-hmm. part of pregnancy. Yeah. Welcome to motherhood. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I think there's a big uh, movement in the like pelvic health world of like common does not mean normal like these things are all common but that doesn't mean it's normal you should not be peeing your pants you should be able to have enjoyable sex you you know you should be able to get back to you know lifting your weights doing your crossfit going for your runs whatever it is so um i think that's where you know you hear like oh our parents generation our grandparents don't understand like pelvic therapy like i didn't need pelvic therapy why does everyone (laughs) Yeah. they're also probably peeing their pants all the time and wearing a pad and that's why it depends exist and yeah, yeah right. and like, I feel like a big thing too that I see a lot like even with my friends they, it's just like it becomes like a joke like oh I just peed myself or whatever yeah. but like it's not it's like you're saying it's common but it's not normal and I feel like it yeah like it's become kind of like a joke 
to. You have to live like that. And you don't have to live like that. It's your body asking for help. It's just, you know, we live in a really fast paced world that sometimes we're not listening to our signals of our body, whether it is. Especially when there's so many other signals demanding our attention all the time. Like little people, all the mm -hmm. Instagram, you know, notifications, whatever it is. But it's, you know, it's your body telling you, hey, I need a little bit of help. And sometimes it is a very short and sweet kind of plan of care that we get to spend with people. You know, we might spend like three or four visits with somebody who and it's like, oh, yeah, boom, 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 boom. Like all the ducks were in a row and they're feeling great. They're feeling good with their their program to maintain what they're doing. And then for some people, it's it might be years that we're spending on unraveling so many things or working with the brain and the body connection to, to realize that, Oh, I've accepted these normal things. And I think that they're normal to me to pee, have to pee all the time to have to the urge to pee all the time, but it's really not. And I have to start to listen and and we retrain those signals for people. Um, And sometimes those signals, it's funny. A lot of the time speaking in our pregnancy and postpartum, topic is you know when you're up breastfeeding pumping changing baby it's like oh I might as well just go to the bathroom while I'm up I might as well just relieve my bladder and I'll go so does that make it weaker so it sometimes can create a little bit of a diva bladder and that bladder you know then creates a new habit and it's not uncommon that women whose babies are 35 years old are still doing that same thing still getting up at night so there's there can be you know longer periods like i said of unraveling certain behaviors or certain beliefs within our body or certain functions so it's really an amazing um thing to address the things when they come up and listen to your body and if nobody's listening to you You have every right to advocate for yourself and just start asking. Ask your friends, ask other women, ask doctors, ask another doctor. If the doctor doesn't give you an answer, ask another doctor. (laughs) You know, you're not wrong there. I feel like compelled to go like post in a couple of like the mom groups that Shelby and I are in in this area to say like, just in case you might be experiencing something, come talk to you guys. Um, What'd you say? That would be amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Because like, again, like, if you don't know that it's not, whether it's common and abnormal or abnormal and common or whatever combination of common right. and normal, like if you don't know that you should be asking for help, it might be a good sign to be like, hey, this is your sign to go ask for help. Okay. So I know we've talked a lot about like peeing yourself, pooping your pants, even. <laughs> but what are some signs that, okay, it's time to come to you and see you and what does what does the timeline look like when it comes to like pre-pregnancy, during pregnancy, postpartum, and you know what does that whole process look like? I think it's never too early or too late to start. To be completely honest, I know that probably sounds like a very kitschy kind of answer, um, but we love to see everybody when they're ready. Um, and sometimes we don't know when we're ready. Um, but my guidelines would be for pregnancy. We usually see people when they're about 12 to 16 weeks pregnant. Usually in the first, you know, trimester, baby's cooking where, you know, we say continue on with whatever you've been doing. Um, there are sometimes people come in earlier than 12 weeks and they just want to know guidance. If they are a high level athlete, if they're doing CrossFit or if they're running or, 
doing different things. And, and we kind of coach people through those early, early first trimester, first, second, or second trimester um, questions. And usually people tend to, you know, if we look at who's called us lately, tend to find us around week 16 to 24. That's not a hard and fast rule, but that's usually when things start to pick up in the body, when tailbone pain or pubic pain start to happen or leakage, maybe even just some, oh, I'm not feeling comfortable doing my Pilates anymore. And I'd like to know modifications or I, you know, heard from a friend that when we take a birth class, they're going to talk about pelvic therapy. That's usually when people tend to find us. Like I said, there's no right or wrong. Um, but they're really good times to start to come in to kind of be ahead of things. And then postpartum, um, we, I mean, for Brave Life PT, I want to see people as soon as soon as possible, like before that six weeks even, because just like Dr. Becker was saying, you have a hip replacement, you have an abdominal surgery, you're seen in the hospital by a physical therapist. Obviously, I would love to change that, and maybe that is something coming down the pipeline. Um, but in our office, especially our patients who we had worked with prior, we've seen some of our patients as early as what was it, five days? You saw someone back up? Oh, it was ten days. Oh, <laughs> ten days. Okay. She was such a go-getter. You got out of the hospital and drove right to you guys. Yeah, I. You know, every once in a while, we'll drop by somebody's house if they've been our client, if we've seen them, and we know that they maybe had a more challenging birth and sustained a, a birth, um, a significant tear where they had a C-section and it's, oh my gosh, now what do I do? How do I move? How do I even hold my baby and get up off the couch? Um, all of those things are, are physical therapy things to work on, not just the internal part or the external part of the pelvic floor, but how do you function around your house? How do you just sit to stand? whether it's on the couch or off the toilet or how do you get comfortable lying in bed to sleep? So those are the, the times that we see people that I would love to see more people, but usually it's around six to eight weeks that people find us, whether it's from their gynecologist, from a mom group, um, something like that. So and in Breathe Life PT, what is like the waiting period? Like how long does it take to get an appointment? Not like a, yeah, in so, a bad way, but just like so somebody yeah. could plan accordingly if you have yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I think the nice thing about our practice is the waiting time is a lot less than some of the hospital systems. Um, I know some of the hospital systems in the area have, you know, you'll call and it's not for two or three months before they're able to kind of get you in. And if you're pregnant or postpartum, you might be like, oh, my gosh, like that's especially for the things you guys have described where yeah and and, you know the earlier you start to tackle those things you know the better you know kind of you're going to start moving forward so um we try to get people in as soon as possible you know it's dr amanda and i so we don't have like all the you know we don't always have an appointment like that day or the next day but generally we're you know hopefully able the longest that i think we've ever had to have people wait was maybe like four weeks. Um, and that, you know, I got married this summer, so I was out for like a few weeks. So, yeah, but generally we're able to get people in and, you know, sometime within the next like two to two to three weeks when people are reaching out. So I feel like that's really comforting. That like feels like an appropriate timeline where it's like, I need to go, I need to prioritize this and, oh, I can be seen. Like, cause I feel like it's the waiting game that deters a lot of people from like taking action. Well, some of it depends on, 
you know, the client's availability or flexibility. If, right. if you need a specific time, that might be a little bit longer before that time is available versus if you're able to, you know, kind of um, have the support for childcare or um, the grace at work. If you have a really nice boss that will let you kind of leave and come back for an appointment or something like that. So we do try our best to be flexible and get people in and hear your story and know, we know a lot of people are eager to get started. So that's our goal too, is to, to get you in the door as soon as we can, because we want to kind of get you on that path. Um, but, you know, we're generally encourage our patients when we're seeing them during pregnancy, when they're following up postpartum, sometimes we'll schedule that postpartum visit in advance. So we'll say like, okay, you know, if your, your due date is January 5th, and you're thinking you're going to want to come in sometime around like three or four weeks, let's put something on for three or four weeks from that date. And then we can always adjust it if needed. Um, If people want to wait until baby comes, we'll say like, as soon as you know, like reach out, um, because sometimes it might be two or three weeks before we have an appointment available. So um, if you know, you want to be seen at four weeks, like, you know, reach out within that first week, kind of like babes here, so we can get you at a time that works for your schedule, obviously, the sooner you reach out, the more availability we have. But um, you know, we want to get you in too. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> it's possible to kind of start that healing process. And we don't do any internal work before the six-week mark. Um, I'll, I'll, you know, because sometimes people are like, "Whoa, that seems like really early to be going to pelvic therapy." But a lot of what we're doing during that time is things that Dr. Amanda said of just you know, how to function and move and mobility and hold baby and lift baby and feed baby and all of that. Um, But also a lot of, you know, just breath work, reconnecting in with the breath, with the core, with the pelvic floor, just really gentle kind of movements, gentle breathing um, to kind of, you know, gradually progress you through. I think so many people here like, oh, we can't do anything for six weeks. They go to their OB at their six-week appointment. They get the all clear. They go back to the gym. And then they're like, wow, like, what? <laughs> you know, and they're having all <laughs> things these- aren't the same. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, you don't want to go from zero to a hundred. The body likes really kind of a gradual progression. So there are things that you can be doing prior to that six weeks. There's a lot of just healing that the body's going to be going through naturally. And we're there to just respect that natural healing process and facilitate that healing process and actually make sure it's on track. Cause sometimes right. we can catch things of like, you know, this second degree tear that your doctor said you has doesn't look to be healing in a typical way that we would expect it to be healing. I think you should, you know, reach out to your doctor sooner or refer you to a specialist to kind of get a second opinion. So sometimes we can catch things sooner. Um, but we're, you know, we're definitely never doing an internal assessment if you're not comfortable with it. And also not before the six week mark, um, during pregnancy, we can do an internal assessment. We generally wait until at least like week 20 of pregnancy to do any internal work. Um, unless there's a reason prior to that, we would, um, want to do that. And in that case, we're communicating with your doctor and making sure everything is, um, okay for us to do that. Um, but, um, for some of the, you know, when people are coming in too for birth, specific birth prep things that we're teaching people as far as prenatal perineal massage, different pelvic mobility exercises to just prepare their pelvis, the connecting the breath to coordinate like pushing effectively and protecting your pelvic floor, things that you can do to help protect your perineum, labor positions, movements, all of that. We generally start that around week 34 of pregnancy. 
Um, so, you know, coming in prior to that kind of helps to kind of get you set up for that. Um, cause sometimes, you know, you reach out, you're 36 weeks pregnant. Okay. We can get you in hopefully as soon as possible, but that doesn't give us as much time to go through versus if we started seeing you kind of at week 20, 24, you know, even, um, but we do trend to tend to see more people coming in during second trimester. I think first trimester too, if people are, you know, you've got the fatigue, the nausea, people aren't always feeling their personal best during that time. So I think that's why we also tend to see people kind of closer to like the 16, 24 week mark. Cause that's when people are coming out of that first trimester, like, blech. so. Yeah. So something you said piqued my interest. Um, you said no internal exams within the six weeks. Are you, Again, this might be just like me being overly excited. Are you able, if you were to do a um, internal exam during pregnancy, are there signs or like, are you able to predict the healing or the stretch or like the recovery somebody might go through or like anticipate the problems that they might experience? Like, is, are there like, while you're pregnant, can you anticipate postpartum problems or challenges? Or is that like- from what the research shows is that, for example, if you have leakage for it with coughing, laughing, sneezing during pregnancy, you're most likely going to have it afterwards. Okay. And that is kind of, you know, something that we do have that conversation with people of like, hey, if that leakage started at week 16, we know that it's going to probably be there afterwards and we're going to need to hone in on that again. Um, because the leakage is usually not just because of pelvic floor muscle weakness. It can be because of the hormonal changes. It can be because of the stretch that's occurred in the musculature. Um, just because of how the pelvis is slowly widening and expanding to make room for babe while you're pregnant and then to give birth. So that's usually something. There is preliminary data that the measurement of your opening of the vagina can give us some preliminary predictors of if somebody will have a tear or no tear um but or i should say a more severe tear versus a less severe tear not no tear um we can't ever say yes or no to that because there's so many factors that go go into why tears occur um but those are the things that i usually will start to look for um but then again the body is is so miraculous and sometimes i'm like oh this is gonna be a this could be a whole thing and then (laughs) somebody just comes through in this beautiful way and you know it's a dance it's a dance between both mama and babe during the birthing process so there's some things that we can't always account for um but there were there are things that we look for and it does set us up for understanding what the road ahead is going to be when like as becca was saying when we see people during their pregnancy it sets us up for you know what does that look like for healing it also sets our clients up for having a better understanding of what their body is actually doing and that is in research that shows that when people have education and understanding of their body prior to birth the outcomes are much different even in the mental emotional side of things and I see it all the time and people are like okay I got this grade three tear but I know we're going to take care of it versus our gals who have never thought of their pelvic floor before never thought of having a grade three tear and it it feels very traumatic and more grief um, to process 
um, at I feel like that this, point. The mental component has come up so many times in the convert, like in various um, topics, but like with sure. conversations that Shelby and I have, have had in the last like couple of weeks, and like just recognizing how powerful that can be, and 100%. it's just like it's it blows my mind. A little yeah, shift in your mindset, like, a little education can make so much of a difference in the, my favorite word, trajectory of <laughs> like how your healing is going to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like understanding, just like you were saying earlier, just like how how much your body is changing and all of these changes that are happening to your body and how much work it is doing to grow this baby and just like understanding that and also like something I you know talk to my clients a lot about too is just like you know knowing that all of these changes are temporary and they can be Mm -hmm. fixed because it's easy to get into that like dark hole of like my body is like ruined and it's never going to be the same and Mm -hmm. um, so then you just do nothing about it because you think it can't you know it can't be fixed. It's so true. And like what you do is offering hope to so many people. What we do is offering hope to so many people. And it's just if we can plant those little seeds of this is going to get better. And I promise you the path ahead is going to change. It really it really does when when people have that knowledge and when people can can sit with somebody who's just gonna sit there in the shit storm of things with them for a moment and kind of just, you know, be there. Um, and know that that storm will pass too. Mm-hmm. And know that, you know, I tell clients like, I, you know, in our office, we have a little chair where they like sit as we're like chatting in the beginning. And I'm like, there are so many women that have sat in that chair and mm-hmm. shared the same struggles, the same challenges, the same questions um, as you have. And, um, you know, we feel so alone sometimes when we're going through these these things and you know just it it can be even encouraging just knowing like no what you're feeling like is valid it's you know it happens to a lot of people it's not you you're not broken there's it's never too late like we have people who are you know coming in and they're in their 60s and 70s um and we're able to see progress and change um at any point so um i know sometimes it's people it's like is it even worth it like what you know what's he, what's even going to happen but the the bravery that it takes to even just like walk into our doors like that in itself is just like you've done so much just even so much. reaching out and coming into the office you are already ahead of like so many women just by doing that because so much of us of it is just left in the dark and we're confused and scared and nervous so i think you know, it can, it can be really empowering for people coming in and and learning about that. And then especially coming in during a pregnancy, going in and having the knowledge about, you know, not only all the amazing things that can happen when you prepare your body for a birth, but sometimes things do, don't go according to plan. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're informed. We have a new plan. Yeah. (laughs) Of how to navigate that. And it doesn't become this whole like crashing, like, oh my gosh, now all of a sudden this has happened to me and I don't know like where to go from here. Um, 
because, you know, we're, we're there to kind of walk through it with them. And so much of what we do is also connecting people with the different providers and resources in the area. South Jersey is a Mecca for pelvic health. There's so, so many resources. Um, And so just knowing, you know, who to go to, who to ask, you don't always know who to go to or who to ask. um, But we try to help people kind of navigate that too. Um, and I know that's Amanda that a word that Amanda likes to use a lot is kind of navigating the path of pelvic wellness. Um, and we've got our like our suitcase and we're <laughs> we're walking right <laughs> alongside you on that path. So um oh. I think having that knowledge can just be really empowering and and like you said, the trajectory just becomes so much brighter. <laughs> right. And Shelby talks about momentum a lot in her uh, training. And I feel like you make the phone call. That's the, that's the hard part. You book the appointment, right? You got to work that in. You have your first appointment and then that kick starts the momentum and then you're on your new path. So like the hardest part is just getting started. No matter what you're doing. I feel like this comes up time and time again, yeah. just get started, kickstart the momentum, and then you're moving and grooving to the place you want to be. But the more you stay scared or insecure or uncomfortable, the more comfortable you get in that zone and the harder it is to get out of, or the more you justify staying in that zone. And I feel like this is such an easy one to write off and it's the most important to take charge towards fixing because it's your life. It's your, it's your zone. That's very important to your happiness. So I'm just more likely. Oh, because like, you know, when you're when you're pregnant or postpartum, there's just so much focus on the baby that you're not thinking about yourself. So it's just like, I just love that, like, this needs more knowledge needs to be out there so that, you know, you are taking care of you because that's going to help you be a better mom too. So true. We have to fill our own cup in different ways. And a lot of the time <laughs> we've got to fill that cup from our pelvis up and, you know, cool. you really don't recognize it. Can I put that on a t-shirt? Maybe we should. Oh, this is like, that's, that's my saying is like, you have to fill your cup. You can't pour yeah. from an empty cup. And then exactly. from the pelvis up is just like, that takes it to a next level. Oh, I had a little <laughs> Dr. Seuss moment there. Um, yeah. I, it, but it, it's just one of those things that, I have seen so many life changes come from people coming to pelvic therapy from, I I, I say we have a range of people who are either nuns or nudists. I have like the people (laughs) taking their pants off before I walk out the door versus the people who are like hiding under a sheet with just their eyes poking out, like waiting for like the next part of like, you know, our, our treatment or assessment. But I've seen so many shifts of people become comfortable within themselves. And that comfort might come from, okay, I want to have another child. Or I'm going to say, no, I don't want to have another child. I'm protecting my body because my body went through a lot of things. We've had people who have processed divorce on our our tables. We've had people who have processed losing a child. And what does that look like to heal with someone just holding your pelvis while you cry your eyes out because no one's holding your hand anymore once you leave the hospital. Like there's so many things because the pelvis, you think of it from an energy standpoint, is 
the root of your body, right? If we think of root chakras too, it's the root. And we, we have so many parts of us that come from there and it's a creative part and it has emotions and there are just people who those emotions start to swell and move and yeah, it can be uncomfortable, but the, the magnificence that comes from it is just, is truly overwhelming. And I think that that's what for me personally drives me every day to see those things and, and to be able to like shout across the hall and be like, Becca, this person had the best sex ever. Or <laughs> no, this person is pregnant again or, or whatever it might be is just, it's just really cool. And to celebrate that with other women, I think is what we're, we're we've lost in our, our community of women. So you guys just doing this is a huge celebration of women. So thank you. Thank you so much for being here. I feel like this was just uplifting in so many ways. Absolutely. Do we want to dive into any other questions? Or I don't think so. I feel like this was that was like such yeah. a beautiful wrap up. Like I'm, I'm moved. <laughs> I'm touched. Oh, um, I'm going to make my appointment just to see what's what's, what's going on. We'll see you in January. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Okay. So my favorite thing in the world are action steps because I was a non-action oriented person in a previous life and I am so action oriented now, solution driven now. So um, for everybody listening, please tell us where we can find you, um, how to book an appointment. And then um, you did mention that you will make like in-home visits, but do you do virtual, in-office, in-home? What are your offerings? Sure. So you can contact us or just read more about us at breathelifept.com. So it's breathe with an E. So it's B-R-E-A-T-H-E lifept.com. Um, you can learn more about myself and Dr. Becca and other services that we offer. So we offer um, majority um, in office, physical therapy, pelvic floor treatments in our office. Uh, we're located right now at, at the end of 2023 in Collingswood, New Jersey. And we, like we said, you can book an appointment online by requesting an appointment. Um, our care coordinator will reach back out to you, answer any questions you may have about our services. What does it look like to come in? What forms do you have to fill out? Um, how we pay for services, as well as introduce you to, we offer Pilates classes, just duet Pilates classes right now, um, and just a, a few other things. Um, so that's how you can get in contact with us and make an appointment. You don't make an appointment with us specifically. We always tell everybody this. We want you to still find a pelvic therapist. Our practice might not be the practice for everybody. So there's an amazing a website called pelvicrehab.com that you can go on. And if you're listening to this in like Nebraska or something, you can find a pelvic therapist uh, near you by putting in your zip code and you can see many other therapists that are in your area. So if it's not just us, I want you to find somebody um, else. As for virtual services, we don't have virtual services, but we do have some online um, programs. Dr. Becca actually has an online perineal um prep class, like how to do perineal massage if you're pregnant and how do you prepare your pelvic floor and your perineum for birth. I have a postpartum uh, rehab class. Uh, what else do we have, Becca? 
Um, I mean, there's some, don't you have a bladder class on there? Like, is this normal or? Yeah. Yeah. Is this normal? That's like a postpartum class that answers, is it normal to have a diastasis, leakage, pain with sex? Mm -hmm. There's some little mini like workshops. Mini workshops. um, Um, And then we do have a, for that time frame that sometimes people are feeling a little stuck of like, ah, I'd really like to get in as soon as possible after having a baby, but maybe there is a little lag time. Um, getting into the office, we do have um, some courses that are how to start healing from a vaginal birth and a cesarean birth, like on your own within those first six weeks. And it's probably similar to, to what you share, um, Shelby, with breath work and slow core activation, uh, things you can even do in the hospital to help manage um, pain and swelling and blood pressure, different things like that. So those are our, on our virtual services, but we're mostly in person. We will see some people at their house if they've been our clients. Um, that's not something we do consistently at this time, but we're always growing and always looking to grow and fingers crossed 2024 will be a new year for that as well. That's awesome. Thank you so much yes, for being thank here. Thank you very much. Oh my gosh, I loved this episode. I loved meeting you guys and I can't wait to see you in 2024. Thank you. Thank you. It means so much to us to have you on this journey and together we hope we can make mom life a little bit easier for you one episode at a time. As always, never hesitate to DM us on Instagram at Momtails and Cocktails Podcast with your momtails. And don't forget to follow here and we will see you on the next episode.